podcast but it's okay because we have Luke Bentley here and he's gonna just guide me through this so hi Luke welcome to the podcast ah glad to be here uh I can't you know first podcast so not gonna be able to guide but you know things are gonna be good we're gonna figure it out together uh you've never been on a podcast no wow you know what they say (laughs) no seems (laughs) like it's gonna be very specific to podcasting yeah oh you never forget your first first podcast okay yeah yep and what a one to be on. Uh, <laughs> thrilled to be here. Um, all right. Okay, can you introduce yourself? Like, who are uh, you? Where <laughs> are you from? What do you do? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Luke Bentley. Uh, i from Marietta, Georgia. Uh, lived here my whole life. Uh, right now, I work at a, at a church as a fourth and fifth grade children's pastor, and I do stand-up uh, as often as I can. So. I know that's why you're on the podcast, because when this accident happened, all you have to do to get on is be nice to me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so when this happened, I, de- I had tickets to go see Andrew Schultz, and I definitely should not have went to the show, but my mom was really just concerned about me getting there, and you were like, I, I, I put myself out there, I was like, can you come pick me up? <laughs> and you did. And yeah. like, thank you for nice that. Nice guy alert. Um, nice guy it was, alert. It was a good show. Uh, yeah, it was fun. It was fun, so I appreciate you do for doing that. So you're a children's pastor, fourth and fifth grade. How did you get started doing that? Yeah, so I've been, grew up in church, uh, started being pretty active. How was that? Good. Uh, <laughs> um, altar boy, untouched. Uh, <laughs> no. A miracle. Yeah. Um, no, but grew up in church when I was in high school, started to be much more active. Through college, uh, a couple summers, I interned with the youth, um, helping the youth pastor at uh, my church. And then um, this, you know, I came home for COVID. I finished my first degree off at school and moved home for COVID in like March 2020. And then they're hiring over the summer uh, part time. And so I'm finishing another degree online slash at Kennesaw. Um, while working part-time uh, with the fourth and fifth graders. What degree are you working on? So I finished a music performance in uh, percussion, and then... Uh, wait, can you sing? <laughs> no, no. Oh, wait, what is percussion? That's like a band, right? That's like drumming. Oh. All things you hit with a <laughs> stick. In fact, I'm so bad at singing, and you have to take these singing classes, uh-huh. that it was my last class that I had to finish. I had like not sent in the assignments during the like, at-home portion of the spring 2020 semester. Okay. And I finally sent the assignments, like, two months late. And he was like, I'll pass you if you send them in. And so um, the last class I needed to finish, and he had me send them in. And I kept putting off because I hate singing and I'm bad at it. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> he sent me an email back that said, I'll pass you. But if you have any interest in pursuing a career in music, uh, you need to learn how to sing. You weren't close to any of the notes in these assignments. <laughs> So, I'm horrifically bad at singing. Uh, so, no. Anything you can hit with a stick, that's what I do. And then I am finish an econ degree. Econ? My yeah. friend has a degree in econ. 
Tell, tell me about them. Just kidding. It's a uh, girl. Tell me she. about them is what I meant. <laughs> it, was, it was generic. Uh, that's fine. We can push through. Uh, uh, just keep going. You bomb sometimes. Um, anyway, <laughs> so do you enjoy working with kids? Like, what, like do you enjoy kids? Yeah, it's all right. Uh, I, I'm the youngest on both sides of my family, so it's new experience. I'm pretty, like, comfortable with the middle school or high schoolers, so it's been a learning experience with the fourth and fifth graders. They're a little bit younger. Can't do much on their own, it feels like, but it's a good time. Uh, I've been working there for, like, eight months now so it feels like i'm like building relationships with them and i know them better so it's good uh it's a good opportunity and uh, like it's the church i have gone to since my junior year of high school when i've been home i was mm-hmm. up at school in michigan mm-hmm. um when i've been home i've been going there so it's like a um fun opportunity it's like a good time uh like a dream to work there so yeah it's good so you went to this church your whole life so you have you always just since been a, junior year since high school, junior year yeah. of high school basically yeah. like most of your life i guess right i grew up catholic oh wait junior year of high school yeah. for some reason i was saying ju- junior like junior high, high. Yeah. sorry still no, a little bit fuzzy yeah up i grew here. up yeah yeah okay so did you ever have like a center face i mean or have you always been like a I mean, good christian boy i mean we're all right but <laughs> uh you know, I got pretty, like, uh, pretty strict parents and such, so, like, I've always, like, uh, like, and not in a way that was bad. Like, I grew up in, like, I wouldn't have told you my parents were strict, but now, like, talking to other people my age, I'm like, oh, they were. Yeah. But, like, same. I never had, like, a go-crazy phase, no. Like, I, you know, I, I not always made the best decisions in my life, and, like, I, um was in a fraternity in college and stuff like that. So, like, I had, you know, I got some wild stuff in my life, but not, like, too crazy. I just had to ask. Yeah, that's fine. Have you ever experienced anything mm, now that you're, like, okay, I want to I know how you got started doing comedy, and then I'll ask yeah. that. So, how did you get started doing comedy? Yeah, so I think comedy's always been a big thing in my family, like, yeah. on many levels. Like, I think um, being funny is, like, um, in my nuclear family like the five of us i got two siblings um or in just like my extended family uh i think uh being funny has like a lot of cachet like it's pretty big deal um that's what we like sit around the dinner table and just try to make each other laugh a lot um and then also like growing up um my parents recorded and watched like every episode of snl Mm -hmm. um and so they watched it every week and Growing up, I wasn't allowed to watch TV during the week. That's one of those strict things strict, I was talking yeah. about. Um, but on Thursday nights, we would watch Survivor together, which is not a comedy, but is a good show. I've seen over 30 of the 40 seasons. Oh. Uh, still watch it. Still good. My friend Allie binged the whole Survivor series during mm-hmm. pandemic. Respect. Um, <laughs> it's a good show. Uh, and then after that, The Office would come on on a different channel at 9 o'clock. So... I like my parents had us watch the office like as it came out. So comedy's always been very big in my family. I always yeah. enjoyed it. And then also I would say growing up I was always like a performer type. Like I got involved with music because I like to be on stage and I like to make people like laugh or I like to make people happy or enjoy something. Um so always felt like I'd want to get into comedy or something like that and um just took a couple years to like 
uh, build up the confidence or be and the real way I got started in comedy is I went to an open mic once mm -hmm. and I was like oh these people are horrible this was up in Michigan I was like oh these people are bad um, and one guy like read off his phone the whole time I was like well, I can at least not read off my phone the whole time and so since then that was like that was like uh, November 2019 I did it for a couple months in Michigan then took six months off and started back up in October down in Atlanta in 2020 so that's like started like the end of October mm. and then what was so weird was I met you you were like at a show and I guess I said something about like a Christian and then you messaged me you're like I'm a children's mm. pastor or I'm a youth pastor and I was like oh my because I was like so new at all this mm. I've literally just started since October yeah. late October and so then when I met you <laughs> and you were like I'm a ch I was like oh my god I have my I was like God yeah. sent me a friend. God sent me a friend. Yeah. That's fair. Not a lot of Christians out. Well, there's some, yeah. and, but uh, but I do think it's interesting. You didn't know because like I don't talk about it on yeah. stage as much. That's what I wanted to get into. Uh, like, have you yeah. found any weirdness between like be being this children's pastor and having this? I guess I don't know. I have friends that are in ministry. I never like have like you know I've been involved in the church mm. and stuff. But, like, I feel like it's a whole different level when you're employed by a yeah. church and stuff. And so, like, finding that balance between, like, comedy and church. Because I even struggle with it. Because sometimes I'm like, I know my church, like, my church friends would not, mm. <laughs> like. Yeah, so definitely. So I, when I started, okay. I wasn't employed at a church. But I did have, like, personal convictions of, like, I don't want to cuss on stage. I don't want to work blue. That's what, I know not all your listeners are, like, comedy fans. So yeah. working blue. But we're making them. Yeah, that's right. Uh. Working blue um, is like doing dirty stuff. Anything like being inappropriate in any way is like working blue. And so I personally knew I didn't want to do that because some of my favorite comics are clean. And also I think that there's like a large segment of the population that is uncomfortable um, with like blue comics. I think like yeah, um, a lot of the a lot of Christians like are. And so like personally, I didn't want to yeah. work blue. And then now that I work at a church. And I wanted, like, anybody to come see me, like, anybody in my life be able to come see me and me not be, like, embarrassed to have them there. So, like, yeah. obviously my parents, but then, like, you know, friends and um, other people like that. And then now that I work at the church, there is, like, um, an expectation of being clean and um, not working blue. Mm -hmm. But because it was already a personal conviction, it's not been, like, difficult. Have you thought about... How do you navigate, like, making – because I – my first thing I ever did was at our church singles event. Yeah. And so I felt so comfortable making jokes because it was like, these are my people. I can make y'all laugh. Mm. Um, but then when you go into these comedy rooms and stuff, it's like, I can't tell my, like, church – all of them here. They're not going to get them and stuff like that. So have you ever – Right. And so – but when I saw you, you don't really – I didn't, like I said, I didn't know. So have you ever right. wanted to talk about it in your comedy? So I think that, um, yeah, I think, <coughs> I think I'm still very oh much finding gosh. a voice. You which, got the vaccine. That was yeah. not a real cough. That's right. I just got <laughs> second vax yesterday. So I've been open mouth kissing strangers. Uh, I tried to hug the FedEx lady when she dropped off something. And well, that's she, insane. Yeah. It was just like really impulsive. You shouldn't do that normally. I don't Without know COVID, I wouldn't hug the FedEx was lady. Literally, like, I was in love with her. I'd, hug a, UPS, off, I'd hug a UPS delivery person. She was, Those brown shorts. She was a uh, beautiful black queen. I just wanted to hug her. Okay. Uh, 
Yeah, I would never hug the FedEx lady. So or man. I needed what she, what uh, she was returning to me. I needed it anyway. Keep going. So yeah, so I uh, haven't gotten into it much. I think I will. I think like, and I think every open mic stand up comedy stand up comedian will say this. They'll be like, I haven't found my voice, mm-hmm. and like from things I've listened to and just things I understand, you won't find a voice for like ten years, or like not maybe that long, but for a while. And so like. Um, I still very much feel like I'm trying to find it. And I know what I'd like to do is get more into stories and more stuff like that. But right now I'm, you know, not in one liners, but in little premise set of punch jokes. So I'm trying to figure that out. And so like, I do think that there are things um, that happen in church that I'll talk about. There are funny stories, but I, mean, I just you're haven't working gotten with into telling kids, stories. Like, yeah, that's fair. When like, I worked with the youth, they would just roast me all the time that's what kept yeah me. i got roasted pretty good the other way i wear i like to wear a uniform not like a <laughs> not like a real uniform but i like to wear basically the same thing every day that's okay. just a, like i like to be able to close my eyes and pick a shirt and pants and they'll just already go together okay fair just Efficient. they now call that a capsule wardrobe uh that's capsule don't they wardrobe. do you know about that this is the new trendy thing is, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our Charleston producer knows what we're producer, talking about. Jamie knows. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, that's called a capsule wardrobe, and I've been on that train for a while now. So, right now, my capsule wardrobe uh, consists of, like, jeans or pants and then a Carhartt shirt. And so, last week. Um, yeah, that's right. Uh, did you know that Carhartt has a high fashion brand? Yes. Like, Carhartt is in style. No, no, but there's, like, a separate thing. I don't buy from it. It's expensive. But there's like a separate, I forget what it, oh, it's called Carhartt Work in Progress. It's like, their, it's like their European high fashion. Anyway, so I like to wear a Carhartt shirt every day. Um, and last week I was like giving a message or whatever and I was just opening up and I was talking about, and this is like for fourth and fifth graders, and I was talking okay. about how uh, I had been running behind that morning and like um, I had to, like I was late and I needed to get to church and so I was like, so I was running behind, and one of the kids just raised his hand, like the most innocent kid, raised his hand and goes, were you looking for one of your car hearts? And I was like, okay, now we don't need to tear my soul. We don't need to get into the, we didn't need to go for the bone, but, um, so yeah, they are funny. But, so I think I have stories and stuff, and like, um, just good, like, there's funny people, like, um, they're funny, there's funny people in the church, and like, um, yeah. like odd people and stuff like that. Like, the so there's people. stuff I'd like to get into, but I get you. I feel that because when I started this podcast and like the way my voice was in the beginning to where it is now, mm-hmm. it's totally different. It's literally, I want to delete everything I've ever done, but it's also like, no, that was me finding out who I am and I'm finding it out every time you get up on stage or every time you do a sermon or every time you do anything, you're finding it every, every time. Right. Yeah, so I'm uh, still very much figuring out what it looks like. Um, so, yeah, it's good though. Um, How does your church feel about you doing stand up? Do they care? Yeah, so they, they know. know. They know. I was about to my say, da- are you my doing dad it was under, like uh, under the radar. My dad was like, "Hey, do you think you should like have a fake stage name or whatever?" <laughs> Which no. Uh, what a night. We'll never do that. Uh, I think some people do, and it's fine. But I, w- I just I enjoy my name so. Um, I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. So they know. And like, I live right now. I live with the youth pastor and his family that okay. work at the church. Um, I live in there. I live in a spare room in their basement. Um, and like, he's been to a couple of the shows and 
his dream is to see me bomb, but I usually don't invite him to ones that I might bomb at. Uh, <coughs> I heard that you don't bomb. Pierre and I were talking the other day, and he said that you closed out on Tuesday and were really funny. Oh, well, that doesn't mean I don't bomb. Let me tell you, I don't, <laughs> I don't do well in a hookah lounge. That's true. I don't do well in a hookah lounge. I booked um, a show at a hookah lounge. Yeah? I'm scared. It's like a no, it's a cigar bar. I'm scared to tell him I buy it. <laughs> yeah, I don't I'm do well. I don't do. Go. I don't do well in a hookah lounge. We can get into like what you talk about with Pierre. I think that'll be good. But I want to talk about that. Yeah, he told me to have you on. Yeah, so and that's what made me when you he, when you were sorry. I just no, you're you fine. When you came up to me, you're like, I listened to the episode yeah. with Pierre, and that's kind of how we yeah, met. Yeah. Um. Shout so out what, to what were we talking about? Oh, do they know? So yeah. yeah, they do. And I think that like, um. I think some churches, or I think more churches in the past, would be not happy about a staff member kind of being in um, maybe a place where there's not a lot of Christians or a place where, um, you know, it's not the cleanest or the, um, you know. But I think that's very, and I think that my pastor would say this too, if they were to be like, we don't want you going to those places, we don't want you doing that stuff. As long as I'm not participating in like working blue and stuff like that, it would be very hypocritical for them to be like, you're not allowed to do that or you can't do that because, um, that's the whole goal is to go into like, yeah, that's what I feel like. I always felt this and this is something that maybe, maybe we're having counseling right now because I've never (laughs) felt like I, I always felt like the outcast in the church. And then I, when I go to these things, I feel like the Mm. outcast there too, because, but it's like, why do we, when I was, when I'm in church, it feels like sometimes they're just trying to save the people that are already there. Mm. But it's also like you don't have to preach. You can just like the way you live your life can touch people. And it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think. Um, you don't have to like, have a Bible or have right. a pulpit to like be, a, you know. Right. I, I, so I work and go to a church called Stonebridge Church. It's, in, uh, it's right off Marietta Square. And uh, so. Part of the heart for that church is that they've like, uh, they know that they're there to serve the people of Marietta. Mm-hmm. Now, there's like a bunch of anchors of the church and there's some different things. But one of the anchors is to find your Marietta. They want everybody that goes there in the congregation to find their Marietta. I love which that. I love the, I love the town love of Marietta. That. So, yeah. <laughs> so, but what that means is like find the people that you want to invest in, find the people that maybe don't um, feel valued or feel mm-hmm. significant. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of that in stand-up. There's a lot of that in the art, uh, artistic communities. I knew that from music school. There's a lot of people who, um, you know, are looking for people who care um, more than just about their production or whatever. So yeah. I, it's kind of funny. I, uh, um, you know, like I like to like I like to make fun of people and like mess with people, and so I don't think. Um, People always think of me first as, like, somebody who cares uh, about people, like, to the utmost. So, like, that's, like, something I work on and something I try to let the people that I'm close to know be, like... I tell people, like, I wouldn't roast you if I didn't love yeah, you. Yeah, that's Jeff the- Ross says we only roast the ones we love, and that's true, so... If I'm not mean to you, like... And I don't know. It means know. I don't like you or I don't know enough about you. Or, so. like, I'm scared you're going to take it the wrong way. That's right. So... That was really good. Okay, there was like an awkward silence. No, I thought that was fine. <laughs> we can just sit in it. They don't, you know, they're fine. They don't fine. know. They don't know. 
Sometimes you ever listen to a podcast in the car and they take a break and you're like, did it end? Did, did it, it glitch? Did it stop? And then you're like, and then you're like, we're like, still maybe they're here. about to do an ad and then they're like, we don't have any ads on here. Right. <laughs> this is all a passion project. I'm gonna start dropping. I'm gonna start dropping. <laughs> I've actually uh, lost money on this podcast. <laughs> Well, you gotta you gotta spend money to make money. It's yeah. called an investment. Um, okay, but you did say a mouthful right there. Let's let's just digest what you yeah. just said. Yeah. <laughs> if some if we're finding your Marriott, no, but yeah, but but that's 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 when I started doing this, and then I started like actually talk. I'm so terrified of every comic, but then when I start talking to them and meeting them, it's like wow, I've never really I found someone that like. Yeah. I thought I was this way my whole life, that mm. I was the only person that was this way. And then, like, when I started, I was like, oh, we're all uh, broken. Uh, and <laughs> Very broken. No, I, I know what you mean. Like, I was talking with, you know, Colin El Chufi. He's a comic. He's fl- very funny. Um, but we were talking about something. I will meet something. you, Colin. Um, we were talking about something. And uh, one of the things we were talking about was how, like, a lot of comics um, fit in with each other. because. It's a f- it's one of the first times in your life you can feel like oh these people are similar to me. So like I think Yeah, it's so weird. Like he's um he, his name's Colin, so he's, you know, <laughs> not a white American. And then I'm a big guy, like I've always been a big guy. So we like have been on fringes of groups and we were talking about this and like what that means and okay. what it meant for the two of us that we were talking about was that um, the groups we've been a part of, a lot of times it's not that we necessarily fit in, but we're we were funny. And so people wanted us around. So, like, I hung out, like, band people I fit in with, but, <laughs> nerds, but, like, we were always parts of groups that maybe we didn't look like the rest of the people in them, but it was because we were funny and they liked to have us around, which is good, and, like, that's how people should be, is, like, I like this person, so even though they don't fit in, they like hanging with us, but... It also, there's like a feeling of imposter syndrome of like, why am I included in this group? Or yeah. Are they just being nice to me and that's why I'm here? So when you're around comics and stuff like that, who are people that are also like the groups they're around and stuff like that is because they're funny or because what have you. I think there's like a, a camaraderie that you haven't felt before. I, it's very weird because I'm mm. like, I've always felt misunderstood in every group of friends that I was in. But then when I've started to like, I'm like, oh, mm. it is very weird. It is very weird. Um, you said a mouthful, though, talking about, like, being the person that you don't – in the group of friends where you don't always look the same as your group. And we were talking about Pierre earlier. And really, I love that episode. And I love that he's been so supportive since I've just gotten started. And, like, mm. it's so – I'm really grateful for him. But he was speaking about you because you were one of the white comics that, like, um, associates with these going in these black rooms. Yeah, Bl- I so, hate even saying well, that. I hate even like the fact that they that, well, that it's even like a thing. And well, people are like, "Yeah, I went to a," bl-, and I'm like, "What?" Well, I think it's funny. I'm new I here. Think, what are y'all doing? Well, I say that I say that to like my non-coming friends and um or like family members. Charleston like, doesn't get it. Well, so it sounds <laughs> like off the bat, it sounds like kind of weird, but I think it makes sense because like, um. Different cultures find different things funny, right? So there is going to be a difference between a white room and a black room. And I think some people find just the the language used there, white room and black room, like harsh. But I think I think 
I, <laughs> I don't want to like, this is not, I'm not going to go super broad. I'm going to stay in comedy and stay. I think saying white room and black room and just being descriptive of uh, a white room's got white bookers, white hosts, a lot more, mostly white comics, mostly white audience. And then in a black room being vice versa, having black booker, black hosts, black comics, black audience. Um, I think that's a lot. I think that's just being truthful. And it's being like, uh, like people will say urban rooms, and I think that's bad. I think that's inappropriate. Like I think that, um, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Uh, I get you. I get you. I get you. But so, like, what? Um, I guess has that something you've always been? Um. Well, passionate? first off, I'm I think okay. I think I have the energy of the white uh, bass drum player. In a, at a historically black college, like in the movie Drumline. I think that's kind of my vibe. Um, but aside from that, every, every single professional comedian, they'll, they'll talk about it and they'll be like, yeah, I did both white and black rooms coming up because um, sometimes you're going to be given a little... Uh, you're going to be given some leeway in a white or black. So they were like, I did both because I want both or not. It's not even both. Like there's a lot more than just white and black people, but they want to, they want a more general audience and they want to be able to kill in both places because that just means you're a better comedian. So like, um, like I don't like to do like the cheap, like I'm the white guy in the room stuff. And, uh, like Cat's Cafe or at uh, Monticello's or whatever. Um, and I do, like, I address it up top, like, you know, different stuff, like, um, whatever. You call me token or what have you. That's usually how I lead. But um, <laughs> it's really, it's a different test. Like, I, like, where? I heard someone, like, left one time, like, crying. Well, so, I mean, they can be tough. <laughs> Either room. Like, yeah. like I think that. So, like, some white rooms would be, like, roll call or somewhere like that. I think you can have a great set at roll call, but people, like, aren't sure if it's, like, inappropriate to laugh or they just, like, clap at anything. And so, like, you're like, I don't even know how good that joke was. Then you'll go over to Cat's Cafe, and it could kill and murder. Um, That's a good thing. Like, and I did a, I did some crowd, yeah. For everyone. Yeah, yeah kill it? means, kill, kill and murder good. means to, yeah, to do, do very good. well. Very good. Uh, <laughs> if anybody wants to see what it means to kill and murder, like, just look up any Def Jam, like, Bernie Mac, Def Jam, that's a classic. I, we're going to end this, we're going to, oh, well, we're going to end this podcast. I'm going to give some recommendations. When okay. we're done, at the okay. end, I'm going to give some recommendations. Okay. For what people should listen to. Okay. But. All right. Um, we're, we're almost done. We're almost done? Maybe. I don't know. We can. I don't know. We can I don't want to. I don't want to pressure you to go longer, but I got. I got a lot. You okay. Know, we'll I'm keep going. Ready to okay. Talk. Keep but going. I'll, I'll give some recommendations about people who don't watch stand up. If they are interested at all, what they should get into before. When you sent me that thing about the. Oh, my God. When I was eating the ice cream with the fork. Oh, yeah. Oh, Gary God, Goldman. Who was that? Gary Goldman. Oh, one of the best sets ever. So good. Um. So we'll get into that, but okay. uh, a lot of these thoughts, I don't know. I just think you become a better comic by doing both. And when I started to back up in October, none of the white rooms were open. Um, but like in Atlanta, things never shut down. So like Cat's Cafe, I don't think ever shut down. So it was like, I can go here. And for a couple of weeks in a row, it was the only place I knew that was open. Um, 
Now that's like a tough room to get up on. Like you can go there and wait for two hours um, and not get up. And like, you'll just be like, maybe next week. And you'll show up next week and be the same thing. Um, but it's a good time. There's like professional comics that will come through there. Miss Pat was there the other night. Um, famous comedian uh uh you know different people who are touring all come in like chris tucker will show up there once in a blue moon stuff like that chris tucker is the crazy guy from rush hour there's just a lot that i need to learn yeah we've talked about this you've got some fears okay this is a podcast about you tana talks uh yeah we're having a tana talk i i invited montana to come out to a Johnny McCracken's, which is open oh, God, here in stop, Atlanta. Stop. I think I'm going to expose you. I think this is good. I think your listeners will give you maybe some encouragement, some support. I have heavy imposter syndrome. Do you not want to talk about it? No, let's go. Okay, Johnny I McCracken's. Johnny McCracken's low stakes mic. Very few people there a lot of the time. You get up there at like 10 o'clock on a Monday night. So everybody there that's at that bar, it's a Monday night. So it's like sad that they're there. Um, you People will be like on dates. You're like, here? Uh... But it's like a it's a bar up in Marietta um, dive that's got a show that I actually love. Mellow Black runs it. Um, good room. And I invite Montana because she's like, where should I come out? What should I do? And I was like, come to Johnny McCracken's. That's like a good one. Because Montana's comfort zone is roll call, right? Well, because that's just the only place I've ever done right. it. I did it the one time at church, which comfort zone. Right. People I know. Yeah. Then I moved to Atlanta and roll call was the first, I found it through Alex. Like, right. and that was the first place. And so like, I've been knowing that I, it's like, okay, I'm comfy. Like, okay, time to get out. So I drove to this place on a Monday. <laughs> I got there and I saw, was it J- I saw Jason Holsey sitting outside and then a I nice just, guy, a nice man. I have met him <laughs> multiple times. He saw me hit a curb once, like, <laughs> like, I know this person, and I just do got think, so scared. Do y'all scared. think Montana should still drive? Anyway. Um, for legal reasons, that's a joke. <laughs> but no, um, I shouldn't. And I full-on just drove away. And I was too scared, and I drove away, and I hated myself the whole way. And then I went to a show on Tuesday, and I told them about it, Daniel and DJ Swole. And they're like, it's okay. We've been there before. Don't ever do it again. And then I was like, okay, I'm never going to do it again. Then I wrecked my car the next day. So it was like karma for not going. I don't think, I mean, probably not. But, but yeah, I mean, it takes. It was karma. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why we got into this, but. I'm scared. Yeah, and I, I still get nervous at some places. Not. How do you get over that? Uh, I'm narcissistic, and so I'd rather people listen to me, even if I'm scared about it. That's a joke. Uh. It's also kind of true, right? I mean, we're all comics, so... I I am so scared of being a narcissist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, but I probably am. So, I think we most of us are. If we if you think you're funny enough to get on stage, then, I mean, we're, you know, it doesn't matter. But okay, keep going. So, how do you get over <laughs> these insecurities for real? I don't know. I think just that... I don't know. I've been getting on stage stages to do different stuff my entire life, so... For me, like it is nervous, and I get I'll get like a stomach ache. That's my like physical uh, stress symptom or what have you. Um, but you just get up there, you get stuff that you're comfortable doing, jokes that you have like in your rotation. Um, and yeah, I mean it does take it does take like courage, but I don't know. I think that you gotta yeah. 
I don't know. The more audiences you see, the better you Just are. Keep the going. different people you see. Because, like, roll call, it's a very, I think it's a pretty narrow range of people. I could be wrong about that. I don't, I don't, you know, look at who buys tickets, but it's like, uh, it's a group of people who go to Pond City Market, right? And then those people are going to be different that are in a bar at 10 p.m. Uh, in Johnny McCracken's. Okay. The people at Ponce are going to be happier. That's probably true. But whenever I get a car again, whenever, I will go to more mics. Yeah. And more are opening up. And yeah. Tough you heard it right here now. first. Yeah. So what's, okay. All right. What are some, what are some things that you've struggled with that you've had to overcome? I don't know what it's like to be a man. So what are some things y'all struggle with? I don't know what it's like to be a white man, especially. Especially? So. <laughs> you know what it's like to be one of those things. But, <laughs> um, just in general? What are some things that you, like, that you struggle with? We, this is a space about being vulnerable, being transparent, because we see – this is what I started this with, okay? And this, yeah, since yeah, this yeah. is my first interview back with the live stream – I don't know if anyone's watching this. Um, This isn't live either. But I started this because I spent my last, like, two years of my degree, like, studying the negative impacts of social media and just how everyone Mm. was caught in these comparison traps. And it was, like, increased anxiety and depression. And it was because people were just not seeing anything real. Yeah. And so what I wanted to do with this space was create it to where people can be more vulnerable and, Mm -hmm. like, authentic and transparent. So, like, because we all struggle with stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's things that, like, your story, like, matters. Whatever you've struggled yeah. with, like, there's probably someone else that has, too. So, like, you don't have to, like, get into it. But, like, is there, you know? Yeah, we can. Okay. Uh, let's get if into you, it. If you, if, I mean, there's a couple things, right? Like, All right, let's go. I think that, do you want a list? Do you want to, we can no. go through it. We'll go through okay, it. Okay, let's go through everything. We'll talk about some with. stuff. Okay. Maybe, we'll start negative. So, these are okay. things that I'm still working on, still okay. working through. Uh, I think two big ones that I'm still working through, struggling with, trying to figure out is, one, my size. I'm a big guy. Uh, if you're not watching the video, you probably could tell from my voice anyway. Uh, but yeah, that's something I've struggled with for a long time. I've done different stuff. I've tried to go on like diets or whatever. And yeah. um, that's like a big part of what contributes, I think, to that imposter of being like, I don't belong in these groups, but because I'm, you know, made them laugh, I'm here. Um and then also, I, I dated a girl all through high school, thought, like, had uh, stupid dreams, thought we were going to get married. Um, Not stupid. She broke up with me before college, and then I've been single since. Okay. Um, recently, my three closest buddies, who I spent, like, the quarantine with and stuff like that, are getting married in a week, uh, engaged, and probably soon to be engaged. So... Um, singleness is something I struggle with. I know that's kind of a topic around here. Uh, (laughs) That sounded like an insult, but I'm talking about like, uh, that was supposed to be a compliment. I don't know. That's something like, I see We help singleness. Yeah. From the TikToks. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah. That's what we're trying to do here. We help single women. Yeah. And men. There are men in the group if you want to join. You can. (laughs) Like, no shade. Like, no one will judge you. So that's like definitely something. But... Like, I've, that's gotten better recently, too, because in a couple of ways, like, I'm very appreciative of the fact that I don't have many responsibilities right now. Like, mm-hmm. yes, I have school. Yes, I have a job. But on top, like, aside from that, I get to go up and do stand-up four times a week or something yeah. like that, um, where if I was in a relationship, I would either be not getting to go up as much or I'd be neglectful. So, 
Um, I think it's a time in my life where I'm grateful for that part of what it is to be single is that I don't have the responsibilities and the... Um, Not to get all biblical here, but there is a part in the Bible where it talks about like embracing that and running and using it to... Because you're never going to get this time back, and I think right, like yeah. I Paul am, says, Paul says we should be uh, single until we can't hand, like stand it anymore. So I'm getting to where I can't anymore. Anyway, what? but it is. <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, anyway, even though we feel like that, yeah, it is hard though when you do. You're with someone and you envision your whole life with them, and then that mm-hmm. it makes you want to like shut down. But I think that if I would have never had that, I would have never realized these creative things. So it is hard to, like, find that balance of, like, I want this, but I want this, too, because I think you can do both. Mm. I think there is a balance. Um, but I appreciate, like, I appreciate for being honest because, I mean, I struggle with weight and stuff, too, about that, too. And it comes, I think a lot of that plays into my wanting to date and stuff, too, mm. and, like, put myself out there and, like, feeling the imposter stuff, too. So you're definitely, like, not alone in that, and I appreciate you for, like, saying that. Yeah, I'll give you a, I'll give you a positive change. All right, let's hear Something it. That I struggle with growing up. So, <laughs> you've already heard me, me make fun of Montana a little bit, so maybe this seems disingenuous. But growing up, school was pretty easy for me, like all the way through. Yeah, pretty much. Like so, that was not something I struggle with. And so, like in elementary school and stuff, they're very, um, they're very intense about saying what. I don't know what you're about to say. Oh, they're very intense about, <laughs> sorry, I thought you were like, we got to wrap this up. No. Uh, they're very intense about saying, you can make mistakes, right? Okay, yeah. And so they say that, and they say that, and they pound that in your head. Um, but IQ, like, uh, academically, IQ-wise, I didn't make the mistakes that they were talking about. Okay. And basically, what, I've think, what I think I've come to realize is that they're saying only the mistakes that we think are okay are the ones you can make. And so what I'll say is this. Growing up, I had very bad uh, EQ, like uh, social um, okay. um, intelligence. Okay, emotional. Like where, yeah, emotional intelligence. Emotional. Where like I would hurt people's feelings okay. um, on accident. Like I like to laugh. I like to make people laugh. Um, but growing up, that was like a lot at the expense of other people. Okay. And now it still is, but I think I know who I can – mess with and who like you're with people you can mess with right and that's like yeah. a big comic thing is that we can um but for a long time i struggled with that and like i got into a lot of trouble i was never like a i was never like a physical bully i was never like a like a I ever got in trouble for doing anything physical school at school but i did get in a lot of trouble for like either bullying kids or making people upset um and you think it was like a defense though yeah probably defense want to feel better about myself um but also, I just didn't, that was not my strong suit. Emotional intelligence was not my strong suit. And so, like, um, instead of those mistakes being okay, like academic mistakes were, it was not I, It was not felt that way. Whereas, like, if you messed up on a test, if you did something in elementary school, they're like, oh, that's all right. We'll learn yeah. from your failure. When you, you know, and <laughs> I think I had it pretty easy. I'm not, like, saying it's been this life of trauma, but... I think something I had to work through was that, like, for a long time, those, like, emotional intelligence, those social mistakes I made, it was not like, oh, we'll work through this. It was like, how could you do that? What's wrong with you? I think, too, especially with boys, I don't know, Mm. like, in social skills are, it's like a 
girls were taught to like play school, we're taught to play dolls, we're taught these social things. Yeah. But boys are like sports, do this, do this, and then it's seen as like aggression when they can't express their feelings. But we girls, we play more social games. We're more. That's why we're more in tune with it. So how did how did you learn more? Because that's like hard to be taught. Yeah. Well, I think that you know in high school and especially in college, I've definitely been humbled about things like because I was good at school because that was came naturally to me. I was pretty arrogant about that part of my life. Yeah. Um, and uh, because I had a girlfriend for all of high school, I was very arrogant and that like, I don't really care what anybody thinks about me. I got her and I got my three close buddies. I could give a rip about what other people think. Yeah. Um, so going through breakup, going through, um, struggling with school for the first time while I was at college, uh, started to change those things where it was like, um, wh- how have I been acting? How have I been treating people around me? And like, I think really in high school as well, I, 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 by my junior and senior year, I think having an active faith also changed, um, the way I acted to the people around me. So, wow. That's right. Uh, that was beautiful. <laughs> um, all right. Should we give some what? Should we give some what? S- what were you going to say? How do you, I was going to ask, like, how do your parents feel about you doing stand-up? How do my parents feel? Yeah, are they happy? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think that what's funny, this is true. Do you, like, I write think, sermons? Do I mean, you read yeah. the Bible every day? <sighs> every day? <laughs> probably not. Um, is it something I'm working on? Yes. Same. I feel really guilty um, that I don't. But um, do I write? Yeah, I mean, I'd give a 15-minute message to the 4th, 5th graders every Sunday morning. So, yes. Um, But how how do my parents feel about it? (laughs) Well, I went to music school, and my parents were not happy about that because they did not see a future in music. Because I didn't didn't get an education degree. I got a performance degree, which means, like, you try to get into an orchestra. You try to be a professor, which is a very small chance of happening. And three years into that degree, I realized I hated practicing, and my prof was like, you know, if you do this, you'll have to practice two to three hours for the rest of your life every day. I was like, yeah, so maybe I have wasted a couple years here. But um, what is funny, I think, is that right now I see myself either going into ministry for the rest of my life or if I, you know, hit the jackpot, got lucky, um, doing comedy, right? And that's like a one in a million chance, so... You know, it's not like I'm playing in that, but I think my parents have more faith in a comedy career for me than a music career, which I think is kind of funny. Um, but, you know, they're very supportive. Um, I think you can do it. So, no, but yeah. You're asking There's even like church it, events so. you can do. We should like talk. Homegirl, like, yeah. There's church stuff. There's church <laughs> stuff you can do. Um, you can do both. They can both mm-hmm. coexist. Luke, okay, give us some recommendations that you were going to say, and then tell us what you, like, are working on, what you have upcoming, you know, where can people find you, just, like, all this stuff, the normal stuff, you know? Yeah, okay, so here, I was thinking about this, because I listened to your prior episode, and you were talking about how, like, not everybody's a stand-up comedy fan, so if you want to be Mm -hmm. passionate about what Montana and many of her guests are passionate about, I have some recommendations of uh, more clean uh, stand-up bits um, that might uh, trigger an interest in comedy. Maybe it will, maybe it won't, but... Um, give us the list. I appreciate it. I'll give it. you the list. Okay. 
I'll link it um, in the notes. Okay, I'll send you the YouTube clips. But um, my dad's favorite all-time stand-up bit that I showed him is uh, it's called Jay Larson, Wrong Number. It's a, it's a Conan set. Um, tight, one of the tightest written sets that I know of. I'll give you that. I'll give you Gary Goldman's state abbreviation set. Gary Goldman also has one about um, depression. That's really good. But I think his state abbreviation is just impressive. Um, how well it's written. Um, what was the one that you sent me that was really good? About so that's Gary laundry. Goldman. Is that him? Yeah. I love that guy. He's so cute. So maybe we'll post that. Maybe we'll you should post, post that like one. We'll post that. The, yeah, he's got we'll one about what it. it's like to live. Basically, it's about <laughs> being depressed. And he doesn't mention... Depression. Being, he doesn't mention depression no. once, but you watch it and you're like, if you're like, oh, that's my life, then you're like, oh, I need to figure some things out. If because, you're battling depression, it will. Because after, <laughs> so pretty recent, pretty soon after that set, he was institutionalized for depression, moved back in with his mom, um, with his girlfriend, now wife, and there's a special about it on HBO called The Great Depression. And it's like a, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's his standup. Yeah, it's good. It's a, it's his standup intermix with like some, him talking with his mom and stuff like that. So I love stuff like that. So we'll do Jay Larson, wrong number. We'll do Gary Goldman talking about depression without talking about depression. Okay. Um, Nate Bargatze, dead horse story. Don't know what Um, that is. You don't know who Nate Bargatze is? No. Okay. Well, he's, he's one of the better. He's like one of the best clean comics out there right now. He's, okay. He just dropped another special on Netflix. He's awesome. Um, and then Tignataro. Anything Tignataro is hilarious. Do you know who that is? No. Um, she's pretty. She's got a pretty wild story. She's hilarious. We'll find a set of hers to Do you ever put in the show notes. Get depressed. To. Do I? I mean, yeah. I think that like. Let's end on a positive. You ever get depressed? Uh, yeah, I've struggled with it some. Like I think. Uh, some days it's hard to get out of bed. Uh, that's something I never dealt with, but that's something I feel like I work with now. It's like just getting out of bed, get my day going. It's like a big part of, uh, yeah. So you know what I do? Since you're yeah. a Christian, I feel like I can tell you this. Yeah, okay? I wake good. up. This is you're gonna think this is so mm-hmm. cheesy. I wake up and I say. It works. I learned this at mm. Jesus Camp when I was there in February because mm. I felt, remember I told you about the demon thing? Yes. I, okay. So I had to go get the demon out. Mm. The girl I was at the Jesus Camp with said, wake up, open your eyes and say, good morning, God. And it just like. Mm. <laughs> Here's, here is a thing I deal with. Like uh, sometimes I'm mad about things or I'm upset about things and I'm going to my job or I'm going to. This is something I just recently started doing. That's very helpful. And, or I'm going to volunteer with the youth ministry because I still volunteer. Okay. I don't wor- that's not like my job. So it's volunteering with the high schoolers and middle schoolers. And sometimes I've been there and been like in a bad mood, been upset. And so it's like I've not been helpful. I've been more of a drain than a, than a servant. Um, so my new thing is preparing myself for things with prayer. So like even if I'm in a good mood, even if I'm on my car ride over, it's like important for me to be like, Help me roll with the punches. I'm a big, like, get irritated easily guy. So I'm like, God, help me roll with the punches. Um, prepare me for this time. Thank him for a couple things. And, yeah. So that's, like, an important um, oh, Luke preparation piece. Yeah. Okay. We love we'll, that. We'll wrap up. Where uh, can, what do you got going on and where can people find you? What do I got going you? on? Uh, you can find me at Cat's Cafe on a lot of Tuesday nights. Uh, you know, I'm Johnny McCracken's on late on Mondays. But... 
Instagram is at Luke Bentley, L-U-K-E-B-E-N-T-L-E-Y. Recently purchased that handle for an amount of money. Uh, <laughs> it was, a, I mean, it might have been a mistake. But. No, I tried to get the Tana Talks one because mm-hmm. it's apparently a freaking fan page for Tana Mojo or whatever. And Yeah, how do you she, say that? Name? It doesn't matter. Tana Mojo. I think it's Mongo or no, something. No, it's Mojo. But there's an M. What Mojo. is it, Charleston? Charleston. It's, it's mojo? mojo? Yes, the N is silent. That's annoying. Anyway, it's a fan page for her, and it hasn't been posted on since 2014, and the little girl will not reply to me. Yeah, I... I want the domain it's if you're listening. It's kind of funny. Yeah, I DM Luke <laughs> Bentley. It's funny to, like, DM somebody with the same name as you. Like, hey, Tana Talks. I want the... I am the real Tana Talks. Hmm. Anyway, okay. Thank but, you, so, Luke. But, yeah, at Luke Bentley on Instagram. At Luke Bentley on Instagram. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a good time. This was our first interview live. Charleston, what do we do? Thank you guys for listening to the Tana Talks podcast. (laughs) I'm still learning how to podcast, so thanks for bearing with me. This was Luke Bentley. Follow him. He's a precious gem of a man. And um, I love you guys. I mean it. Bye.